Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining. I'm Jim Doyle, President of Business Forward, and I'll be moderating our conversation today. Currently, all lines are in listen-only mode. We are very pleased to welcome Congressman Jared Polis from Colorado's 2nd District. Representative Polis is himself a businessman, having founded several startups and tech companies, including ProFlowers.com and the free online greeting card site BlueMountain.com. As a leader in Congress on Internet, technology, and entrepreneurship issues, he is also the co-author of the Email Privacy Act, which unanimously passed the House and is awaiting action in the Senate. The legislation would close a loophole and require government agencies to get a warrant to search Americans' online communications or data in cloud storage, regardless of how old the data is. For those of you who are new to our programming, Business Forward organizes local roundtables, Washington fly-ins, conference calls, webinars, and media trainings for tens of thousands of business leaders from across America. At these briefings, entrepreneurs, investors, small business owners, and executives get the chance to brief policymakers on issues affecting their businesses, how to create jobs, and how Washington can work with business to accelerate our economy. Today, more than 450 senior administration officials, members of Congress, governors, and mayors have participated in our programming. This is all thanks to the support of more than 50 of America's largest and most respected companies. Today's conference call is part of our work with members of Congress. Before we get started, I want to go over a few housekeeping items. First, this discussion is on the record and reporters may be listening in. A recording will be sent out after the call along with all the resources we mentioned today. Second, there will be time for you to ask questions and share your advice. You can do this in one of two ways. You, want to like you can press 1 at any time to ask your question live, or you can email your question to info at businessfwd.org. Again, you can press 1 on your dial pad at any time to be put in the queue to ask your question live, or simply email your question to info at businessforward.org. Uh, that's businessfwd.org. We'd like to get as many questions as we can. Uh, if we don't get a chance to get to your questions, just send us an email and we'll pass it off uh, uh, on to the Congressman staff. Uh, okay, so let's get started. Please welcome Congressman Jared Polis. Congressman, thank you. Well, hello, everybody. And how uh, rare it is for a bill uh, to pass the House, not narrowly, not by two-thirds, uh, but unanimously. Uh, and our email privacy act uh, actually passed the House of Representatives unanimously. It wasn't easy to get us get it there. Uh, I worked hard with my co-sponsor, Representative Yoder, and others. Uh, we got to the point where it had more co-sponsors than any other bill in the entire House, and finally we got it through. Let me uh, back up and tell you a little bit about what the issue is and what we're working on, and of course what we have to do to actually get it completed into the President's desk. Uh, under the Electronic and Communications Privacy Act of 1986, which I'll be calling uh, ECPA, that's the acronym, we like acronyms here, and it's a bit of a mouthful to say the whole thing. So under ECPA, um, the government does not need a warrant to search stored email, your personal email, corporate email. Uh, if it's stored on a third-party server, like much email is these days, the cloud, Gmail, Yahoo, your own server, uh, if it's older than six months. So again, any of your old email, which I can pretty much guarantee you is still out there, even when you delete it, it's probably still in a trash folder somewhere on some server, uh, that can all be looked at legally by any civilian agency of the government without a warrant, without any process. That's an unintended consequence of a law written almost 30 years ago before email existed in any meaningful way. So this is simply a minor fix to ECPA, which is long overdue, 
which simply says that you have the same reasonable expectation of privacy on your old emails as you do mail through the Postal Service, your voicemails, all the other kinds of communication uh, that we engage in. It's very important uh, to consumer confidence in the uh, internet ecosystem. Uh, it's important to uh, entrepreneurship and trust in uh, American companies. Uh, it's important for our international reputation, and it's important for each one of our own privacy rights as well. Uh, so what the Email Privacy Act does, it simply updates ECPA to require government agencies to have a search warrant to search Americans' online communications just as they would if uh, your old voicemails are at issue or old physical correspondence. Uh, where we are with this bill, it's passed the House unanimously. Very rare for that to occur. Uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, has scheduled, was scheduled to hold a markup and has already canceled it several times despite a companion bill in the Senate that is uh, sponsored by uh, Mike Lee, Patrick Leahy, and 30 co-sponsors um, that uh, we feel would likely pass with near unanimous support in the Senate if they simply brought it forward. But unfortunately, they keep having to cancel and reschedule markups due to the worry for these poison pill amendments that could really under, to undermine the intent of the bill. Uh, one of those amendments would create a so-called uh, mandatory emergency exception, a requirement that service providers comply with government requests for user data when there's a quote-unquote emergency without oversight by the courts. That's obviously a glaring hole. There could be a declared emergency so broad it could invalidate the entire statutory fix. Uh, unfortunately, that one's being uh, advanced by Senator Sessions, and it's one of the poison pills we need to ensure that we have enough votes against. Uh, the committee also needs to make sure that they don't allow a poison pill amendment that would expand the types of information the FBI can obtain with a national security letter, that's an NSL, without prior judiciary oversight. That's a, a tool that, again, is not subject to scrutiny of any court. Uh, the authority was broadened under the Patriot Act. We're simply saying, and I think it's common sense for most Americans, is that email is the same as voicemail, it's the same as physical correspondence, treat it the same under the law. Of course, there's a process where um, if there's a need, there can be a warrant, uh, but uh, we should not have some sort of lesser protection uh, for your emails, uh, many of which are kept on, on cloud servers. So those are some of the amendments that need to be rejected. Um, uh, hopefully the Senate can move forward and unanimously or near unanimously confirm the work of the House, get the bill to the President. Uh, tech companies, the public, so many others have waited long enough. This is a basic Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable searches and seizures. Um, we all uh, would be going you know, nuts if the government was uh, warrantlessly accessing your phone lines in your house or your mail or your car. So what's the difference with regard to your email communications? And uh, it's an important issue of confidence, consumer confidence for the tech sector. It's important to fix this before major abuses uh, destroy consumer confidence in, in uh, the cloud. And it's one of the reasons that we have a broad, broad coalition uh, supporting these changes. And hopefully with your help, we'll be able to advance them through the Senate soon. Uh, and I'd be happy to take any questions on the Email Privacy Act or ECA. Uh, thank you very much, Congressman. Um, uh, again, if you have a question, you can email it to info at businessfwd.org or press 1 to speak live on the call. Um, our first question is from uh, Joseph Tribble in Madisonville, Kentucky. Um, legis this legislation does not currently include a notification to the user that their data has been handed over. 
why not? And will it be addressed? At, uh, could it be addressed? Uh, 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 I, I think he means in, in the Senate. Could it be addressed uh, later on? Well, this would prevent the information from being handed over without a warrant. Uh, so once again, um, you wouldn't need any kind of notice because this would remove the ability of the. But I think the the question is correct insofar as the current law in which there is no notice. So uh, in fact civilian agencies of the government without a, a warrant could in fact be accessing your information stored on cloud servers without any notification. We're trying to remove that authority, replace it with the same warrant requirement uh, that exists uh, around any other kind of form of your communications. Um, so that's, that's what we're trying to do with this bill. Uh, our first call is from Dan Lubar from um, Relay Services uh, in Colorado. Dan, you are on the line. Thanks very much. Uh, Congressman Polis, thank you for sharing your time today on this important issue. Just wanted to ask a question in a, in a different context, and, and it might be sort of educational. The CALEA process, the lawful intercept process that ISPs are subjected to, and um, that would include Google and other email providers, um, how does that get, if in any way, shape, or form, get impacted by um, this uh, Privacy Act? Uh, well, this is a very narrow fix around the process of accessing old emails. So as far as I know, and uh, no one's even raised that it would have any effect on ISPs. Um, I, my first company was an ISP that I started back in the early days of the Internet, and we have a number of issues around what and how ISPs are required or not required to store and turn over data. This particular bill does not address those concerns. It's very narrowly constructed uh, to update uh, ECBA uh, specifically to afford email the same kinds of protections as voicemail and everything else. So uh, it doesn't mean there's not other areas within, um, within EPCA uh, that need to be reformed. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't need to look at some of the common carrier language and uh, requirements on ISPs to store or share data. Uh, but uh, you know, that shouldn't stand in the way of us, of us fixing this very concrete item as well. Uh, our next call uh, question is from Andrew McFarland from Austin, Texas. Uh, Andrew, you are on the line. Thank you. Good afternoon, Congressman. Um, law enforcement seems to be the driving force behind some of these poison bill initiatives, and they've always been concerned that the Fourth Amendment is, is uh, chains on their authority. Uh, is anybody else suggesting to you that these amendments are in the best interest of your bill? Uh, no, I mean, both of the, you're correct, both of those kind of come from this concern with law enforcement. Um, I, I, what we would obviously argue, and we do, and it convinced everybody in the entire House of Representatives to support the bill, is that there is nothing special about email communications. Um, it's the same as your voice communications on your phone. It's the same as voice over IP. It's the same as voicemails. It's the same as letters. Uh, and if there's a flaw in this pr process, uh, for criminal justice to get a warrant, let's address that for all those categories. Um, there, there's no excuse to kind of separate email out and say there doesn't need to be any kind of warrant or process. So, um, you know, and I'm sure there's those in law enforcement that want to remove privacy requirements from all of those things. But uh, what we're saying is at least they should be consistent because truly there's nothing special about your old email. So the same as any other kinds of personal communications that you store. Uh, that's really the only place that any 
discussion or pushback has come from that I'm aware of. Thank you. Uh, Congressman, we have um, uh, a question um, from Diane Welch from Jefferson, uh, Missouri. Who are the major groups supporting and opposing this legislation and why? We've already touched on the, uh, uh, the law enforcement, but uh, perhaps you could uh, focus a little more on the, the groups supporting. Well, we have a broad uh, group of supporters, um, consumer groups, the technology industry, uh, privacy supporters uh, are the main constituencies. Uh, institutionally, there's not a lot of opposition. That's one of the reasons we were able to get it unanimously in the House. Uh, however, uh, there's an effort by those who, who oppose it to water it down so it's meaningless. And that's what we warded off in the House um, very much. They tried to do it here. But the fact that the House acted unanimously was a, a major statement that uh, Republicans and Democrats believe in protecting our privacy and believe in treating old email like other forms of correspondence. But uh, those same forces are at play uh, in the Senate with regard to trying to advance poison pill amendments that would really uh, render this change uh, much, much less meaningful. Um, the bottom line is the way that you as a consumer, as an individual, uh, use email, use voicemail, uh, use other forms of communication are similar, and they all we should have the same act process for uh, the government accessing your correspondence, and that needs a warrant. And if there's reforms to that system, by all means, have that discussion. Uh, but emails are not some special category of communications. I'm confident if if they were already widespread in 1986. Uh, when the act was written, it would not have included email. Email would have been included with voice communications and everything else. But because it wasn't widely used, uh, it sort of slipped in. And uh, now it's reached a point where that's a lot of the correspondence that people have is through email. And we certainly deserve the same kinds of due process and uh, protections that we have for any other kinds of communications. Uh, Congressman, we have a, a, a number of questions um, from different states, one from Idaho, another from Connecticut that generally relate to um, what would qualify for a warrant. Uh, does the bill in any way uh, address that or change um, probable cause and some of the other the standards that would be applied? Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't change the warrant process at all. So it's the same exact uh, warrant process for accessing your voicemail, tapping your phone, uh, all the other things the law enforcement may have to do. If there's probable cause, they go to a judge, uh, the judge grants it. Um, again, if, if people have issues with that, uh, certainly discuss that, but generally speaking, I think it works pretty well, um, and it should be the same for various forms of communication. Uh, and, uh, you know, the uh, law enforcement would re regularly goes to judges and would get a uh, warrant based on probable cause, and it, the warrant is likely already issued, and it would include, you know, it would include the, uh, okay, you can access voicemails and uh, and, and voice over IP would now have to include emails as one of those categories rather than separately allowing them to get all the old emails without even going through any type of judicial oversight. Um, uh, again, uh, multiple questions on a different topic which is uh, relates to just getting things done in Congress. Um, does the fact that this bill had unanimous support uh, suggest that there's more room for consensus on tech issues? And is there anything about uh, uh, this bill that could uh, help uh, with, uh, with other issues beyond tech? Um, uh, is, it, is it a role model in some way? Well, I always like to be hopeful, so it's certainly a good sign. Uh, and we didn't know that it was going to be unanimous until the vote occurred. We, 
you know, we, we always expect that there's going to be, you know, six or 10 or 12 people that don't like a particular idea, you'd think. But um, that was a very powerful statement. Um, it was good, I think, bodes well for tech. Um, although the bill hasn't cleared the Senate yet, and it still has threats for these poison pill amendments. So uh, we have to hold back any kumbaya moments and celebrations till it actually reaches the president's desk. We have been successful at getting uh, Republicans and Democrats to work together on tech, tech issues. Along with my colleague, Daryl Issa, we're hosting a Startup Day Across America, August 4th, uh, where we're gonna, we have several dozen members of Congress on both sides of the aisle that are visiting startup companies in their district on that day, uh, which we're very excited about to highlight the needs of the startup community and uh, how members of Congress can be constructive in helping to support startup ecosystems across the country. So uh, again, you don't always have consensus in every issue, but uh, at least there's some low-hanging fruit, and certainly the Email Privacy Act is one of those that hopefully we can actually come together around and get done this legislative session, despite it being an election year. Thank you. Uh, our next caller is uh, uh, Benita Webster from Indianapolis. Benita, you are on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think I uh, pushed that. It was an accident. You're off that. We can hear you now. Oh, you okay? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much, Benita. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no problem. Thank you. Um, uh, Congressman, uh, we have a, a question, a, a lot of questions about warrants, um, uh, and um, uh, um, here, here's one. How long does one typically have to respond to warrant? Would uh, how are would businesses be involved in having to work with authorities in this way? Um, I think I think the, with the question the the question uh, is being asked by a small business owner, so. Um, uh, not not uh, not the email providers. Um, uh, okay. Well, I, look, I'm, I'm not a criminal justice attorney, so I'm not about to go into ins and outs of uh, warrants, um, and I don't you know you know though that specifically. But uh, I do know from my friends in law enforcement, there hasn't been a problem with them getting warrants. It's usually within 24 hours. There's even been times when they've had to wake up judges at night to get them. Um, so I'm not aware of enormous problems on that front. Uh, and um, in terms of um, you know uh, in terms of small businesses when they're when they're served with warrants um, you know that that that's happened um, and they have to comply with those warrants that means that they then are off the hook from a liability perspective uh, for sharing that information because it's a valid court order uh, and um, and it, it's gone through due process and so there's no liability that that small business holder would, would have with uh, complying with participating and cooperating with an investigation. So um, again, I, I'm not aware of any major problems with regards to warrants. I mean, literally the biggest problem seems to be when law enforcement has to wake up a judge or can't find a judge and they have to wait till the next morning. But other than that, it seems to go pretty well. Okay, and uh, last question is, um, if uh, the Email Privacy Act does not pass the Senate this term, it will fall to the next administration to weigh in. What do the current presidential candidates think about it? Questions for uh, well, you'd have to ask them. I'm not a spokesperson for either of them. Uh, but I would say let's not let that happen. <laughs> uh, by all means, when you have something that Republicans and Democrats can, can agree on, uh, we ought to get it done now. Um, support for the Email Privacy Act is, uh, is alluded to in the Hillary Clinton tech agenda that she came out with recently. 
Um, and by the way, I should point out that President Obama has never explicitly called for this either. We're confident he'll sign it, but he's never explicitly announced support for it. So I'm hopeful that either one of them would sign it. I have no idea where Donald Trump would be on it. Um, and um, we, um, we also have support from prior Attorney General Eric Holder. Uh, so I think uh, it's doable, this Congress. It's simply a bill which um, needs to make it through the Senate uh, um, committee process. It already has over 30 co-sponsors in the Senate, uh, and they need to avoid these various poison pill amendments and, and simply get it done uh, so that we can get this fixed now rather than put it off to the uncertainty of a future administration. Congressman, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it's all the time we have. Uh, if there are any questions that uh, you haven't had a chance to ask, uh, uh, please just email them to us at info at businessfwd.org, and we will pass them on to Congressman Polis' staff. Um, please join us next Tuesday for a conversation with Senator Kirsten Gillibrand from New York to talk about Family Leave and the Family and Medical Insurance Leave Act. Uh, after this call, we will send you an email with a link to a quick survey. We always seek your input to improve our programming. We appreciate your feedback. We'll also include a recording of today's call and resources we mentioned today. Uh, thank you again, Congressman Polis, your staff, and everyone who joined. Uh, hope you have a great day. Thank you.